We are back for uh, another episode. Another uh, episode. episode. Is this a podcast? Yeah. I don't think it's a podcast. Eh. I mean, it'll end up on pods. It'll be cast upon pods, but I don't know if it's a... Like, when you think about, like, a podcast, I don't think... <laughs> there's a there's a really, like, good focus, you know? Like, even well, good podcast... po- podcasts have that, yeah. Well, good even... podcasts have a... Even podcasts that claim to be about nothing still are still about something. You know, we chose some vaudevillian bullshit as the title of our podcast because it's about culture. It's not about pop culture because we might get a little obscure. Let's just tell the people the truth. We really wanted to piss off that one person in the universe looking for a podcast about, about harmonicas. And we just want to get that one angry letter because that person is old enough not to use, uh, not to trust technology anymore after being betrayed by by our podcast title. There very well could be like a handful, not just one, you know. Uh, And it's a cool name. I mean, yeah, it's a cool name. That's 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 honestly how we how we 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 chose it. We were thinking of a name. Kai came up with this, and we were like. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to go with the untitled podcast about nerd shit. And then I like change it to be the untitled podcast about culture. And for you acronym nerds out there, we would have called our podcast Tupac, but apparently that didn't fly with not Tupac, just the using of it. Yeah, and you probably think like East Coast rap is the best is the best way to go, don't you think? Dirty South. And I don't live in <laughs> rap also. I have no you, you have no frame reference for rap. We we're yeah, aware. Yeah. I love the I, rap I know, music. I, I, uh, I, I know of the names of people you mentioned, but I don't know any of the music or anything like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think like when we when we when Khan came up with it, or Kai, if you fancy, uh, where you basically like we were batting around ideas and we wanted something we wanted something related. And then I was like, why don't we just go wildly to both extremes and just say, go with some crazy shit. And that's the first thing you popped off. Um, and the harmonica brothers variety show. We are not brothers, not even, <laughs> not even close. Uh, I don't know. I've never used a harmonica at all. I have, I have, I had a harmonica. I think I still have it somewhere. And um, my, my Husky, my dog Bauer, rest in peace. When we'd play it, he'd always like howl. And at first, when we did it, we thought he was in pain, so we never did it again. And then we found out later on that he's de- that when a dog howls along with a harmonica, it's because they want to join in. And huh. if you play a constant note for a, in a single long breath, you'll notice that they try to match the note. And so every time I was around him, or we were around him, or we're like when we visit our parents, or after he moved in with my sister and I um, years ago. Uh, we'd play the harmonica and he'd like, like all the way. And he'd always match the tone. Um, <laughs> I I, dogs don't seem like very good singers. I mean, he, he's a better they singer. Enjoy am, so. They enjoy yeah. it. They enjoy it and it's adorable, but they don't sound very good. <laughs> I mean, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, uh, times, good times. So, gosh, lots of news. Lots of news. I, <laughs> a lot of, lot of, 
A lot of nerd news this week. A lot of nerd news. Like, I think uh, this is something I said we should just address, get a little meta for a second. We are very badly dating ourselves based on when we're recording. Yeah. When we're going to be releasing these podcasts. We're trying to keep a lot of the topics pretty that we get into in the back half of the show. Um, Pretty, like, loosey-goosey. I think with, like, last week, those, like, your, you guys' podcast topics or topics were really good. Mine is now moot. With uh, the Armor Wars announcement, they basically but stole proves, my idea. Yeah, it proves you had the idea first. Yeah, like I like that. I said um, the exact word. Absolutely it, not. Yeah, I said it should be Don Cheadle should be the one. Like he is the herald of Tony Stark's legacy, and that's exactly what they're talking about. Kevin Feige said the words. What would happen if uh, Tony Stark's worst nightmare happened, and like uh, someone someone bad got a hold of the armor? You know, and Ironheart, which you mentioned in that in in during like my segment of that part of the podcast last week, and you were like, and I was like, yeah, maybe they'll bring an Iron uh, Riri Williams at some point, and and lo and behold, they're making an Ironheart TV show. Yeah, um, I I mean, obviously they were probably working on this before you mentioned it, Sam. Just I don't, you know, no, they're a big company. Possible. No, and, they, may, they may well have, but I have the idea first. There's yeah, no because obviously these, these companies, I'm telling you, these companies are always listening to us. And when we have arguments Anchor, uh, over Anchor's Discord problem. or whatever. We record using Anchor. Shout out Anchor. Um, they're not our sponsor. Please sponsor us. We, <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're probably owned by like the Disney Corporation. They're snipers. Exactly. Anchor. Exactly. They're owned by these massive things. They listen to uh, keywords and they correlate information with these fancy computers. And then they're like, what are the people talking about? How do we make this percentage of people angry and this percentage of people excited to create wars online on the socials so that people are talking about our product? I don't think I don't think any of the decisions they've made so far are are make, make anybody angry. Who's angry about any of these announcements? Uh, uh, I rolled my eyes at the Kamala haters. Um, who, who hates Ka- who? Why would you hate Kamala Harris? She's amazing. Not Harris, you ding dong. I meant <laughs> the only Kamala we actually care about, which is Khan, yeah. Miss Marvel. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to talk about, and like we talked about in the in a bit of the pre-show stuff. Yeah, it, we have we people cranky about with her about the casting for her show. Well, which is well, who are they? Who else are they going to cast? <laughs> like that's the thing. Cast people that are exactly like the characters. You don't cast somebody who just looks like them. That's now offensive. You can't cast a Taiwanese person as a Chinese person because that's just flat out racism. Now well, you have to. You can't. You can't cast. A Christian to wear uh, a scarf, uh, wear a hijab over her head, and play a Muslim. That's that's so bad now. I, I'm I'm sorry. It, I feel like they're pushing those arguments. Yeah. A bit so far, that's. I feel like they're almost saying Mark Hamill didn't have force powers. He's not a real Jedi. We demand this be corrected. Recast Mark Hamill. So what are you saying? They should have cast a Pakistani American, not a Pakistani Canadian. That's what they are saying, and I quite frankly couldn't care less. Well, here's the thing: what I'm most happy about is we have now three Canadians in the MCU. 
Shang-Chi, yeah, She-Hulk, cool. and Miss Marvel. And I guess Which Deadpool technically once the once Ryan Reynolds is confirmed to be in the MCU. We may as well just confirm it now. Yeah. Like we let's can not bother. Hey, don't, don't act like we have any. We can confirm. Like, as we Canadians who and as Ryan Canadian. Reynolds is also Canadian. <laughs> we can confirm. But my my probably my favorite news um was just the statement of WandaVision will lead directly into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is yeah. strongly connected to Kevin Feige's exact words, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, which is all mm-hmm. but confirmed Spider-Verse, which I think is a really big deal. We talked a lot about Marvel. Did, I read, that, did I read that Sam Raimi is directing? Yes. Doctor yeah, into you the did. Multiverse? Okay. And with his history also uh, with Spider-Man yeah. as well, that's interesting. Um, the other thing that's sort of like, a couple things I don't know, like Secret Invasion... And it's a it was a big crossover event, but I wouldn't consider it Civil War levels of popular. It was the biggest event of the time, but there's an event every yeah. three or four months in a single comic book universe. Yeah, and I mean he's selling it to people who he sell, he was selling it to shareholders. He wasn't selling it to fans, and yeah. you got to remember that um, to to them they're not thinking of secret. Oh, sorry, they're not thinking of. Um, Civil War, the comic, or Civil War Two, even the comic. They're thinking of the movie and how popular that was, because mm-hmm. these are these are people in suits who you know breed dogs and and you know have have dancing ponies. Is that your is um, that your benchmark for wealth? They breed dogs. I I have no idea what wealthy people do. I'm so far <laughs> removed from their world. The other the other big news, which is gonna be a big which is gonna be Kai's topic, um or two things, I guess. So the first one I'm gonna say is Ant Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and yeah. Kang is the villain. First of all, Jonathan Majors is a phenomenal actor. If you haven't watched Lovecraft mm-hmm. Country, you need to, because it's an amazing show. He's very good in it. I think him being Kang is a good choice. Um I think he has acting chops. I think he can act, but like I don't know if he can because Lovecraft Country is very much feels like an ensemble, at least. Uh, I can't remember the names of the other actors. Michael K. Williams is one of them. Uh, fuck. But I'm a little disappointed that Harley from Iron Man 3 isn't Kang, which I was going to be a topic of mine at a later date, but I guess it's not anymore. But I hope, like, he isn't just some one-off villain. Because it's Kang the Conqueror. He's like the he's like the time-traveling Thanos. Man, time-traveling think... Doctor Doom. He's like... And I, and I think Both. if he's only... If he's, if he's relegated sorry let me finish if he's relegated to a single film sure. i think it would be a a big loss go ahead matt i was going to say i thought the i thought he was also going to be connected with the loki series or maybe that well they well he said quote well kevin Feige, i see keep quoting him but he's he's the guy he's the president of marvel studios he said that loki's going to be like a crime thriller and across time and space and Right, so I thought there was gonna be, because because it's like he he Loki's gonna be working for like the Time Variance Authority, yeah. or something. And then I I thought I read something about Kang and Pish popping up somewhere there, but I don't know. There was so much information. That yeah. I, uh, the one thing about Kang is that because Kang can come from whatever timeline, that's one role I think that can be. Uh, you can recast it if necessary with younger and older versions. So it could be, I think, yeah, it could be like you never re, or you could use the same actor and basically like 
he dies yeah. in every movie he appears in, but he's always the villain because there's so many different alternate versions of Kang the Conqueror. Yes. That would be it's cool. like there's a legion of Kang out there. Yeah. I think it's honestly though, this is I'm going coming completely out of left field, but I'm just gonna say this. I think Eternals is gonna suck. Okay. They bring um, they're bringing in some weight for for yeah. the acting for the the performers. Yeah. Um, I do not know the creative team behind it. I'm not gonna Google it right this second, but they're they're billing it as this like new hero team. Mm. Um it just I for me as someone who loves these MCU movies and hasn't missed one, has always watched it as soon as I can when they come out in theaters. Uh, I'm having I don't feel invested in the Eternals. Cause if I don't know, I don't I don't come in with a lot of like Marvel like external mm -hmm. cosmic knowledge, all of my information, my knowledge about the Marvel comic book universe, the Earth 616, whatever you want to call it, comes from reading more like 2000 of present comics. And mm -hmm. Eternals feel like one of those very cosmic, like, you know, the Eternals, if you know the new gods, it's like they're, they're on sort of a similar, in a, in a similar vein, like that Kirby-esque, that Jack Kirby yeah. cosmic stuff. But my point is, with the Eternals, if you don't know who that who Adam was at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two, like maybe there's a lead in there, but like I, I'm for me, I'm gonna go see it. I'm not that's not within doubt. I just don't think it's I'm gonna and I'm not gonna say I'm not saying it's not gonna be good. I just think it's gonna be like oh okay cool. But then without having it, you like, feel it's gonna be the weakest link. Yeah, I think like it's not gonna like connect to a wider area. Like I when the the, the newest Wandavision trailer that came out yesterday or the day before yesterday. No, yeah, it was yesterday. Um, there's a scene where Scarlet Witch is like doing something very late in the show. It looks like just based on like how the age she is, and Randall Park is coming back um, from Ant Man, and she's like re. It looks like she's remaking the the Mind Stone, the yellow Infinity mm -hmm. Stone. And yep. for me, like that's the extent of like cosmic shit that we're gonna get from Adam Warlock. Um. So question for Matt. Yeah. How would you bring in like Sam saying that the that Eternals is gonna lack because how are they just gonna dump this new group onto us in a movie? How would you think that they're going to pepper in Eternals into the the cinematic universe before they get the their own story? Do you think that's that they're just gonna plunk in a whole new group, or do you think they're gonna get teasers? in other shows i'd have to double check when the movie is coming out but uh, i think no no this november okay i don't think there's going to be many, many many easter eggs or anything dropped in series leading up to it i think the movie is going to be the first real introduction to these characters which i i mean i get what sam is saying but i think like i didn't really care about the guardians of the galaxy before the guardians of the galaxy mm -hmm. so i mean Good i think point. it really depends like the quality of the movie if if the writing is good um and you know it it, it appeals to a, a large number of people then i don't think it's going to be a huge problem that they're kind of just dumped in in this in this one yeah. movie all of a sudden really it really comes down to the kind of movie that it, it ultimately ends up being yeah, they, mm -hmm. i mean they, um, they really are they really are like popcorn flicks that's not a bad thing and i think like kernels Kernels, I don't think, but like popcorn flicks isn't a, isn't isn't an indictment of the films. They're all popcorn flicks, but the best ones, the standouts, have been ones that 
sort of subvert what traditional comic book fans like as in people who watch or absorb comic book media and actually buy and read comics and buy the new the new releases every Wednesday um, and really, really pay attention to that. And you don't need to just do that to be a comic book fan. I'm not gatekeeping or anything, but you know what I mean when I say like someone, a comic book nerd, like someone who's into mm. it, a, a movie like The Eternals, like Guardians of the Galaxy did that. And Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't just a popcorn flick. You felt as if you were learning about this new whole, this whole new realm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in space. The Eternals are going to do that for the cosmic shit. Uh, now the question for me becomes, okay, but like, we have, the only cosmic shit we have so far is like the quantum realm and from Ant-Man and the Wasp and I guess a little bit of it in Endgame. I mean, but I mean, we've, we've had the Infinity Stones. I mean, you know, the, the stories have gotten But we barely longer. have, my point is, we barely have any space stuff as it is. We got a little bit in Captain Marvel. But well, Loki is going to introduce a lot of some of these concepts. I'm pretty sure I spotted the Living Tribunal in the Loki trailer. Yeah. It's very subtle, but there's three faces behind this judge. And I think, oh, right. yeah. and, I and I think that's, that. they're going to drop little uh, things like that. And characters aren't going to appear the way they, that we think they do. But they're creating that bigger universe. I think, I wouldn't be surprised if the God Butcher... Uh, which That's... I think is an incredible villain to add, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Thor Love and Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they added a ton of these cosmic well, elements so, into it as well. I, so that's a good point because so WandaVision January fifteenth. Uh, not only focusing on a couple Loki is comes out this May, so that could yeah. be cosmic and with time travely, and then it's going to be Shang Chi in July, but that's going to be pretty intimate, I think. Um, Miss Marvel is going to be late next year. So then we have the Eternals in November. Maybe like the Loki stuff and some of the one, the late WandaVision episodes could really lead into it. But I think I'm so. Like, uh, for me, I'm going in with little, with a little bit, with, with very little to no investment. Same with Guardians. I went in, I'm still not invested in the Guardians of the Galaxy because you could cut both those movies out and the, 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 the MCU would lose nothing except for a little bit of Thanos and one of the Infinity Stones. But like, Dude, Groot literally put that this uh, what is it Stormbreaker together. Without Groot, there would be no Thanos that was, killing. That was in, that was an Infinity War, not in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Still, I'm talking about the movie, I not mean, the characters. But like that's my. Opinion. I think that I think the thing for me is, and this kind of goes back to something that I said on the last uh, episode, is that even if I'm not invested you know in in a specific character particularly or in a specific film i'm invested in seeing the way that that movie kind of expands the mcu so even if it's like ah i don't really care about the eternal want to see how this develops the you know the, kind of the larger the, the story at large um i second which I that think is, is a benefit mm -hmm. the way they've created this, that, that's um, a good point connect i could see them yeah. doing like a potential like doing as a stand, a, almost like a standalone team up, like an Infinity Gauntlet, mm -hmm. and, um, or Infinity, I should say. What's that? Whatever the one that Adam Warlock was the the villain of, and basically having him like he's the villain rebuilding all the Infinity Stones, and you got to bring like the big like the cosmic heroes together. So like the Eternals, the Guardians, Thor, Captain Marvel, together to yeah. like deal with that, and I think that would be really compelling. Um, as just sort of like a cool like villain movie 
like a villain, like almost like forty percent of the movie is on is just on Adam Warlock because they're setting him up to be a, they were, I, he is a villain and he's kind of a hero at some point. I think I can't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be cool to set him up. And you're right, Matt. I think the Eternals opening up the MCU to that would be very cool. Now, yeah, and I think kind of going back, sorry, just back to Kai's question when he, when he was asking, how do you think the Eternals would be set up? And I think we kind of addressed it here. Even if certain characters, even if even if there aren't direct ties into it, things like Loki are going to establish that more cosmic level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at respect, I don't think it'll be completely out of left field, even if the characters themselves, that would be their first appearance. Agreed. Now, I got to ask, what are you most excited about and what are you least excited about about the Marvel uh, announcements. Oh fuck! Most excited Armor Wars by far. Like probably they didn't give a date for quite a few. I did. Gu- I did guesses based on when things come out. Armor Wars. I'm going to take a guess is going to be like uh, spring of 2022, and it's probably going to the end of that era. The end of like that will coincide with the release of Thor: Love and Thunder in May of 2022. 2022, we're going to have a lot of shit. Way more than 2021. Um, but I think Armor Wars by far, because I, I, it's going to be that political thriller. Mm-hmm. It's going to be political. And I was watching this great like dissection of of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, and that sort of I think will have similar themes. And it's going to since Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably high on my list too. Um, that's coming out so soon. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's. They said it's going to be. It's a Marvel movie told in six parts. It's not a. TV Which I show. think is a fascinating, um, fascinating approach to their storytelling or to the medium itself. Well, it's is that like they're a, doing movies in like it's more like a BBC miniseries. Well, yeah, it's like a miniseries. You know, like I haven't seen a I haven't seen a good miniseries since like the Pacific or House of Saddam. Uh, right, Matt. <laughs> or two uh most house of uh, saddam with a deep cut i'm sorry <laughs> yeah probably very deep <laughs> uh loki and what if i'm really looking forward to what if. really what if? i'm not really lo- i don't think what if i think what if's gonna be interesting i just i don't think it's gonna be like what if oh my gosh they're adapting this very niche comic book no, no, I don't think it's going to, like, uh, completely change the MCU or just be this, you know, thing that, like, everybody, you know, that stops the world and everybody has to watch. I just think it's going to be a really enjoyable program. And I like mm-hmm. uh, the animation style. And um, like the Peggy Carter I, stuff looked awesome. Some of these adaptations. Yeah, Captain's, Captain Carter, or is she Captain Britain? Captain uh, yeah. Captain Britain that's, would be a great addition to Sorry. Um, the MCU. That's what I was saying. This thing I was watching on the YouTubes, um, basically the really good point was, is the reason that U.S. agent is white is because there's a little bit of racism in the MCU because they don't want Cap to be black. Because if the MCU, the MCU is our universe, that means either Obama didn't get a second term or Obama was never elected president. Because in 2013, President Ellis was president. So does that mean that the reason there that uh Sam is reluctant to my fellow Sam is reluctant to take on the mantle is because he's black. And if that's the case, whether or not it's the case, I think it would be a disservice if in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier they glossed over the fact that the new cap is black. I think it would be a disservice to not 
acknowledge that this is a it was a big deal when it happened in the comics mm -hmm. and it should be a big deal when it happens in the MCU. Absolutely. What about the Star Wars news? I think it is uh, very interesting to see those two announcements being made in the same investors pitch. How well, much of a culture uh, market cornering does Disney have with these two studios? And yeah. when, yeah. when will we get the Star Wars Marvel crossover we all deserve? Well, Guardians, so, well I could see them. I could see in Loki's like multiverse or like time space, space time hopping. There's just a moment where he drops in and there's like some like Sith Jedi into like, he drops into like a, a battle from the great hyperspace war or something like that. Uh, I want to see star Lord and Han Solo playing uh, some game in play. some CD bar and just <laughs> basically they're, they're archetypes, you know, they're archetypes. Chewie and Groot chilling out in the corner. Uh, you know, like, yeah. or but, like, I guess, and uh, one of the robots, Maul, sure, IG 11. IG 11. Yeah, but that, um, that sort of thing, you know, like but, a, a fun little crossover like that. But to answer Matt's question, I think I'm most excited for most excited is I think in like would want to watch the most is the Acolyte. But most excited, Obi Wan Kenobi, by far, by a mile. I'm incredibly excited for Obi Wan Kenobi, not only because Ewan McGregor is, you know, reprising his role, uh, but also because I'm very interested to see uh, what what role Hayden Christensen is going to play as as Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, this show, I can't imagine they're bringing him back just to be in a suit. Agreed. Uh, you could put anybody in a suit. They did it for Rogue One. Um, now he may I, I could see him being the guy in the suit if he's also in the movie perhaps you know obi-wan's having flashbacks to certain um certain things in the past that that, that he and anakin participated in um perhaps you're going to get to see some vader out of a suit sitting in whatever kind of weird back to tank or whatever kind of situation you know in rogue one when when you when they go to vader's mm -hmm. he's got he's in something yeah uh, i think that's something like um the the current current maybe maybe not so current but one of the more recent runs of the darth vader comic yeah phenomenal comic by far by marvel but like um got into like he's in a, con a state of constant pain yeah and so having him ma unmasked and you know fighting and uh you hayden christensen has they both aged but they haven't like it's been like 15 years since mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith came out, and they both look pretty good. Like I've been watching Ewan McGregor's new show, Long Way Up. Great show on Apple TV Plus. He literally needs to change nothing about how he looks, except covering up his tattoos uh, to be Obi Wan Kenobi ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Well, I think he's also said something he's excited about is he realizes now he's ten years closer to having to be Alec Guinness, his character. So he's also going to be trying and incor incorporating some some you know. Again, those kind of mannerisms, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the way of speaking, um, who knows what else to try and make it feel like, oh, yeah, I could see that in another 10 years, he's going to be Allegheny's mentoring Luke Skywalker. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really excited. I think you've got to be very careful with how much Vader you show. Uh, and again, this yeah. is another topic for another podcast. Yeah. You know, at what point have you shown too much Vader and no longer is he? I think, I think it will very much be like, 
I think like the back, the first, here's my, what I will happen. If the episode, if the show is like six or eight episodes, the first couple will be him like slice of life while he's like, you know, the lone gunman in the West, like helping people, you know, whether he's on Tatooine or he's in another part of the galaxy. Cause there was no confirmation ever in the, the current Canon or in legends, really. If Obi-Wan was ever, was not on Tatooine. Like he fought like the guy, the Jedi who would become Darth Krayt in Legends when he was on Tattooing. But yeah, and a couple of there were a couple of issues of the ongoing Star Wars comic, not the current one, the last one that that, that showed Obi Wan when when Luke was, I guess, about like ten or twelve. But mm -hmm. outside of that, um, yeah, yeah. So he very well could have been in a state where, or in a place where he's still looking for other Jedi. And I think, like, I think in a, a, a great thing is like there was a point where he somehow created that hologram or not it's not really a maybe it was a holocron actually um that uh um that what's his face had ezra bridger's master uh i i yeah uh kanan i assumed that but was kanan had. that was just a recording of of the warning not to come back to the Jedi yeah it may have just been that but like i think like there'd be a we've got we have proof that a handful of Jedi survived, if not more than a couple, which As many not... were necessary for the story they're telling at that particular time. Exactly. Time. Exactly. Yeah. But I think with I think with this is that uh the show will be back half of Obi-Wan doing his thing, front half, and then like the back like forty percent being him discovered by Vader and but Vader trying making sure to keep the information hush hush. Because he doesn't want... Because he is scheming against Palpatine. We know this. Even, like, in canon. And then the final thing... The final... Ep the, the episode before the last will probably be um, their confrontation somewhere. And then he fled to Tatooine. Yeah, because here's the thing. In Rebels, when Vader realizes that Ahsoka is still alive, he, he wants to capture her because he wants to know where Kenobi is. So by Rebels, he doesn't know where Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Yeah. So, so does that mean Ahsoka knows where Obi Wan is during the Mandalorian? Well, I would. I mean, I well, know he's dead. Yeah, because her but, spirit since her spiritual training really didn't. She didn't really complete it. You could make the argument that she has no. She has no way of knowing Obi Wan is dead or alive. But she probably would be aware of Luke's Luke's existence. That's an interesting thing that we have that we need to talk about at some point. Is is Ahsoka is Mandalorian Ahsoka aware of Luke Skywalker's existence? Well, here's here's the other problem. I mean, you know, but in the show, the show is gonna oh, Kenobi is going to take place during the same timeline as the Mandalorian slash Ahsoka slash no. Uh, no no because Ahsoka Mandalorian takes place what is it like six years after the Return of the Jedi after five. the battle of Endor, or five years after the Battle of Endor? Kenobi's going to take place ten years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. Is it ten years before the battle? Yeah, or ten years after *Run of the Sith*? Well, there's 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 nineteen years between the two, so it's essentially okay. ten years after one and ten. Um, yeah, like it's like so it's that same timeline, like mm -hmm. it's the new, it's the the, the the Disney canon, right? Um, but and, I'm... and Vader, it's not that Ahsoka knows where Obi Wan is in Rebels. It's just that Vader figures, well, she might, so I want to capture her so that I can find out if she does. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I feel about there being a confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan 
in the series. I kind of like the idea that in A New Hope, they haven't seen each other since that battle on Mustafar. I, or, I, or could, very, I could very well, I will say, I could very well see basically like, the, so we know that the, so the Inquisitors from Rebels are the current Inquisitors and they were the last Inquisitors we can assume. Yeah. I could very well see like the first wave of Inquisitors being sent to find Kenobi mm-hmm. and the entire show is him taking them out. That would be awesome. Yeah. And it's basically, it's an almost like a, like a, like a galaxy wide chess game between Vader and Kenobi, but they never interact. Yes. Yeah, Vader, really like, Vader is just looking ominous, and he the the one time he ignites his lightsaber is to is to execute one of the Inquisitors at the very end of the show. So uh, I like would, I find I'm myself bored with that. It's a, I would actually be very curious to see a show where they dig into. I know this this is this is me totally being a nerd, but I would love to just they have conversations like through the Force telephone line like Ray and uh, Kylo did. Uh, I would love to hear them talk about the light and the dark side. <clears throat> I, I would love to I hear them so wax I, so theological I don't, about the I don't think I don't think it's the same relation. Like, Obi-Wan and Anakin don't have a Professor X Magneto relationship. They don't see each other as equals. When one of them, when Vader... When both believe the other should not be alive, that is the that is the. They fact. are brother. They were brothers in the Jedi and Order. On top of that, he on top loved of him. Obi Wan. Obi Wan doesn't know that Anakin is alive. No, that, he that only thing, I said. Would love, I would love Kenobi to start actually just have a five minute scene that takes place right after Revenge of the Sith, where you see Obi Wan find out that oh Vader didn't die on Mustafar. And then skip ahead to the ten years after. No, well, because because even in Legends, I really only recall Legends, and I only recall conversations. Yeah, I gotta check you on that statement though, uh, that Kenobi didn't know Anakin was still alive. In Legends, because he literally said uh, he basically uh, rused Luke Skywalker and said, "Your father was killed by Darth Vader." Oh no! By so, by, hope he knows. But him. by then. We're talking about like we don't. No, know no, no. Life. I think he knew, and he. I think he knew very clearly that Darth Vader was Anakin, but had taken over and killed the spirit of Anakin. I think so that's then, what he okay, meant to so say. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I misspoke. So, what I mean by what I'm saying is, does so as of the end of Revenge of the Sith, as far as we know, we are Kenobi is not aware that vader survived on mustafar yeah or is he no he's not that's we know all they really say they get into all yoda get yoda gets into in that movie is that uh he like the children are are going to be at risk as long as palpatine is is alive yeah so i could you know basically kenobi as a ruse is basically going around and trying to take out as many people as he as many inquisitors as he can in protection of uh, uh of um of luke because luke Leia's been fine on alderaan she's surrounded by alderanian guards and her father her father's a public figure if an inquisitor tried to kill her people would know whereas with anakin or luke rather not if, if it was a good inquisitor 
Yeah. There are no good inquisitors. They're all they, they're they're no. All I meant that they were good at their job. If an inquisitor would be able to sneak in, stabby stabby, or poison, or do something. Yeah, that's other fun Star Wars news. Apparently, so the final episode of the Mandalorian airs next week. You guys, I got a cat. Whether you guys are caught up on yesterday's episode or not, there is a rumor that there a mystery Jedi will appear in the finale of this season. Come on, Plo Koon. <laughs> my i have i i i think it's gonna be ezra i i want it to be mace i want it to be luke just because it's weird that all of this stuff is happening and where's luke i, I, I okay what's he doing but then here's the thing here's my problem with that if it's luke that means luke saves grogu baby Spoiler. yoda yeah i know what his name is. i know the baby his nobody calls him grogu nobody gives him because that's his name it's that, that's his name no if he finds him, he saves him, he takes him to his new Jedi temple, he's killed by Kylo Ren, the sequels ruin everything again. No, because because it's just going to be retcon after retcon. I no. I am like, I am not, I am, I think, like, I, I think I said this last week, I can't recall. I'm pretty, Lucasfilm is like this close to retconning the sequels, this close. No, do you know why it can't be Ezra? Because when Ahsoka shows up, first of all, there's debate on when... This, this appearance of Ahsoka in The Mandalorian, there's debate over whether this is before or after the epilogue to Rebels. If it's before the epilogue to Rebels, they haven't found Ezra yet. So it's weird that Ezra is back already. So, but then, so that, but yeah, so I think with that, because of what Sabine, Sabine says after the Battle of Endor, we have to find Ezra, I take that to mean as soon as there's peace, they're going to find Ezra. Totally right. didn't or, watch any of that. But, but I think that's before the Ahsoka series, though. This so then, okay, so so then the Ahsoka series, I think, will probably the Ahsoka series will definitely pick up from her story in the Mandalorian. So then, yeah, you're probably right. That like I just want Luke. And, question. I just well, want Luke. Uh, question. Honestly, Luke. honestly, like I think they should cast Sebastian Stan because they talk like they throw barbs at each other on Twitter about how Mark Hamill is secretly Sebastian Stan's father. And he posted a picture of himself, photoshop his face photoshopped onto Sebastian Stan's dad's face, Adorable. or something like that. Well, I, mean, uh, I, figured... I do have a question, guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the Ahsoka show will introduce the concept of the Gray Jedi to the Star Wars cinematic Great. universe? It's not a you. It's not a thing. It's not even a thing in Legends. Gray Jedi aren't a thing. You're either a Jedi or you are a Sith. Okay. There literally is no. Or a Sith girl. wannabe. A great, great Jedi. Dark, there's Dark Jedi. Dark Jedi, then you're a dark side force user, then you're not a great Jedi. All right, but do you, you think, be, but Ahsoka. You can, be a little morally, you can be a little morally flexible, but if your motivation is ultimately pure, you are a Jedi. Okay, but hear me out. Uh, in Rebels canon, from what I understand, Ahsoka, uh, or basically. Oh. No. She's not a Jedi, but she is a light side force user. So Ahsoka doesn't have a title, even though she purified her crystals through connection with the force, not necessarily Jedi teachings, but... Well, technically she is a Jedi, but she doesn't call herself a Jedi because she walked away from the Order. She that got yeah. kicked out of the Order. No, they let her back in. I mean, spoilers for anybody who didn't see the end of Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, but they then... let her back in, but she, she turned her back on them because she realized they didn't really have her back. So then here's this. I will I will I will answer your your barb with a barb time. 
Is Darth Maul a Sith? Sure. No, he is not. Because he was the apprentice to a Sith Lord. He was cast out. So he is thus not a Sith. He was Because the lineage of the Sith died with Darth Vader. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. No, he was he was a Sith, but he was replaced. So he lost yeah, his... Yeah, he is thus not a Sith. He is a dark... He, you could consider him a a dark lord but yeah. he is not a absolutely a, a that's like uh what's it what's her face um asajj ventress was never it was never technically a sith yeah she was a dark side assassin or something yeah. like that. she was never a sith because there's well, no room for two sith and well no but just, she could be she could have been she was the secret apprentice of dooku of uh dooku so, yeah but so but so do you think that you can still be a Sith even if you're just somebody's secret apprentice? Like, don't you have to be, like, on record as either the master or the yeah. apprentice? And if you're not... Well, because, you ain't because not. here's the thing that I like. Here's the thing that I think that's, that, that is stupid. The only reason that they wrote Darth Bane Rule of Two to... Which is no longer canon, by the way. So there could be other... There is, this is the thing that won't work in their face. Yoda sees the spirit of Darth Bane when he goes to Moraband. I'll never call him. No, that. but Moraband. Rule of Two. I'm saying the what the 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 mo, the the part the portion of uh, of uh, of the book, Darth Bane Rule of Two, where he oh, establishes the, the rule. The book. Of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the Rule of Two is not canon anymore. No, because Yoda says, "I know know who you are. I do. You are something like Darth Bane. The Rule of Two. You said or something. Oh. So as long so as said on the show is canon. Is, so, to be a Sith Lord, you are you have to be in that lineage. That's why in like the Le Star Wars Legacy, with like Cade Skywalker and Darth Krayt, Darth Krayt isn't actually a Sith Lord because he trained and only and decided he was a Sith Lord when he wasn't trained by a Sith. You have to be trained by a Sith to be a Sith Lord. That's sort of the whole point. That's why the Rule of Two was a thing. But then we're assuming that that's what that means that you have to be a but that you have to be a Jedi, you have to be trained by a Jedi to be a Jedi, right? Yeah. That's the case. That but are there any, like, we know there are just dark Jedi who aren't Sith. I was thinking about this the other day. We know there are dark Jedi who aren't Sith. But you never hear of just a light, a light side force user who's not a Jedi. It seems like Jedi and light side force users, the terms are interchangeable. Even if you weren't well, technically trained. Just the mere fact in use the light side of the force. In the Clone Wars, have what's the name of those people? They're the race of people. Um, they kind of look like a cross between like a giraffe and a bird of paradise. They're force users, but they use the force in a different way. They have like a queen or a king. I, I am drawing a fucking blank. Uh, same here, because oh, I, I don't think I paid enough attention to that episode. The only other force users from the Clone Wars. No, I think but like the witches, witches asking are a good example of the inverse. They are a dark. They are a dark side cult, but they are not Sith. Yeah. They are not Sith. Um, what was the point of this whole segment? <laughs> I, no, well, I just asked I mean, whether whether yeah, the show like, no, was going to introduce Grey Jedi, Jedi so and you guys just the concept of the Grey Jedi. Jedi what does that even mean? It's every, It's got so many different bullshit meanings. That's that means. I could. It means. That there is a space among the Force that is neither dark nor light, but a middle but path. The thing is, a path but as, of, the, as uh, everything canon has explained, canon or not canon, the Force is a tool. How you use it determines whether you are good or evil, or dark side or light side. No, because the Jedi, the Force is uh, is an ends to itself. For the Sith, it is a means yes, to an end. But in that... 
there is no light or dark. It, the force just is, and the end, it, it goes up to individual morality, right? It's, uh, it goes, gets down to your motivations. The reason that uh, Qui-Gon Jinn isn't a gray Jedi is because his motivations were pure. Just like even though he isn't a Sith Lord, Darth Maul is evil. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Ahsoka show uh, takes a look at her spiritual development because I think this is I think it's fascinating as a religion nerd to see how a Jedi outside the only, of the orthodoxy only, the only, becomes so the only a master. But is it Luke himself outside of orthodoxy? I mean, all the, the only thing he knows about the Jedi orthodoxy is that little. So bit the only learned from the Yoda. issue I have with that think is I think it would be perfect with a character like if Maul was to decide. Okay, I've always I keep losing by being evil. I'm gonna try to be good, but like with Ahsoka, her more her morality is not up for debate. She's a good person. She's a good morally upstanding, seeking character. That's fine. I I agree with that. I'm saying what she does with that morality. Does she try? She doesn't. For example, she, after everything happens, she does not try to reestablish a Jedi order. Why? I want to know why because he doesn't. She never passed Padawan. She doesn't know enough to. She doesn't feel like I don't. She doesn't see herself as a Jedi, like Luke. And I want to know Luke, why. Yeah, I want to know. I want to see the show. I, I hope the show goes into that. No, I was just going to say. I think the reason Luke wanted or wants to set up a new Jedi Order is because he feels he has inherited that tradition. It has come down mm -hmm. to him to. Do Whereas Ahsoka, because she left the Order and felt that the Jedi, I mean, obviously she felt they, they betrayed her, they turned their backs on her, she would have no interest in continuing their yeah. their their traditions. She doesn't see herself as somebody... You could also argue, I would argue that, that actually she's reached that same point of disillusionment that Luke is at as of um, The Last Jedi. Like, she's like, the Jedi didn't do what they were supposed to do anyway. There were still people like in that little arc in the first part of the or the second part, I guess, of the Clone Wars reboot uh, or the Clone Wars, the seventh season. They didn't they didn't they weren't doing their job. Yeah. They weren't actually helping people. They were just helping. They had lost sight of who they were. Like there are people who see the Jedi as warmongers and like violent. And I, for one, I, for one, find that to be one of the most fascinating uh, narrative arcs overarching arcs uh story arcs in the whole mythology i think that's one of the most uh interesting facets of because i mean luke uh, george lucas wanted to look at spirituality in this cosmic sense that was one of his original goals that's why he got joseph campbell as a uh as, as somebody to um you know to pick his brain on set when he was working out story kinks so i find it I, I think i personally think it would be a very fascinating uh thing to aspect of the characters an aspect of that world to look at overall i think we can all say yep. we can say we're all very 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 excited about what disney has bringing to us through marvel and lucasfilm um hopefully they don't try to make any more live action adaptations of disney movies no i'm not going to say it ruined my childhood but the Mulan animated movie was awesome. I could not get 10 minutes into the live action flick. Couldn't give a shit about any of them.
I don't watch. I haven't watched any of the live action. Like I, I have. I know the Lion King isn't live action. It's CG. But I haven't watched any of these remakes. I didn't watch the Lion King. Aladdin I didn't was watch Aladdin. Aladdin was um, not. Aladdin no, I mean, was for, not bad. It got a lot of shit. I mean, it, it might be good. It's just I don't. You know, I like the animated versions. I don't really have. You know, maybe sometime I'll sit down and watch them. It's just. Yeah. I don't but really care think, about seeing these these. Remakes. Let me break it down for you guys. They are not made for single dudes like us. They are made for. They are made for guys who have significant others to be dragged to, and we are not okay. those guys. Way to gatekeep on a movie. <laughs> That's the one thing we need to get. We didn't really get into, but I'll just say right now: you bring up Wonder Woman '84, and that reminds me, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Patty Jenkins directing. I think just based on the commercial or the little like trailer thing they made, clip, the music, and like the words "new time, new generation." I think it'll be the first foray into a post-sequel trilogy era of Star Wars. And I think it would that be would like be, Rose Squadron. Nice. Like the, the Empire is still out there somehow. The First Order is gone because it was too centralized. So now it's all the Empire. And they're just going to start adapting Legends from like the post-Endor Legends novels. And the Rogue... And the, and the X-Wing novels were a big part of those. Was was a central part you know, and like the the downfall of uh, uh, Asard, um, who was like the head of the ISB. They wore like red Imperial uniforms. It was awesome. I think like that would look cool. Is he is she even can, she's not canon, but I could see. I of all people, Sorry, I she, think yeah. Patty Jenkins could make her canon again. I don't want to see any more fighting against the First Order or the Empire or anything. Maybe the, the fight Vong. Vong. I'd be okay with that. The Yuzhen Vong are so out of left <laughs> field. Like they really in the when they. When they when they came yes, up in Legends, it made sense because like now like the Empire, the galaxy had just come to a state of peace, um, mm. and so maybe so maybe it is time for the Yuzhen Vong. I don't know, but like I think a Rogue Squadron movie, a standalone Rogue Squadron movie, would be really cool. Um, yeah, one thing I hope they do in the Star Wars universe because they did a, they're doing a spy show, they're doing a like samurai western show with the with um. With Mandalorian and who knows what uh, Ahsoka is going to be like. I hope they do like a gritty crime drama a la tu True Detective on Coruscant or something. Like I want to see uh, aliens being like knocking on the door and aliens and everything. So yeah, that that'd be cool. Who wants to see the spirit of Anakin Skywalker? Bruh. I mean, they're bringing they're yeah. Hayden Christensen coming back, right? Yeah. So probably going to yeah. film these things around the same time. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. Like, that would be good, bro. <laughs> I was, the, the, last thing I, the last thing I'm going to say, actually, is Star Wars Visions, I think, is going to be interesting. Anime shorts. I'll watch them because they're Star Wars. I couldn't care less that they're anime. But it's kind of interesting for them to sort of mm -hmm. bring Star Wars back to its roots of being based on, like, the Kurosawa, the Japanese, like, method of storytelling, yeah. you know? The hapless fools being, like, oddly central, which is who what inspired R2-D2 at C-3PO. Um, yeah, uh, I think that would be very interesting. Still, I'm still grossly disappointed that Disney has not made, is not making a Pixar droids movie, a la Wally. -E. Well, a droid story is going to be, be CGI. Yeah. But is oh, it going to be Wally-type -E adorable CGI? I don't know.
Thanks so when we about. come back, we'll get into our first topic, um, which I think I'll take because it's going to be pretty Marvel Collective. My topic this week is a simple one. It is, is Marvel, Marvel Studios, are they flooding the market with all these new releases? Uh, yesterday morning at this investors summit, uh, they announced 20 three films films or tv shows i should say big news big news is big news that's not what is up for debate here but they're putting out so much stuff let me rephrase it's only flooding the market if some of it's bad but you put out one studio putting out this much stuff sinking this much money into it either quality suffers or quality suffers. There's always a second part to that, but I can never remember what it is. Something's going to suffer, right? And the only question is, when's that going to happen? Is it now? Is it going to be at the end of this year? Is the is the, the break of 2020 what we all needed for both ourselves as people who like consume these movies? Is this the like, the reset we needed to be like, okay, I've gone through the rigmarole. I've waited. I've put myself through watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I went through the rigmarole of tracking down and watching Hellstrom. Now I'm at a place where I'm ready to watch lots of Marvel movies. But whether or not 2020 happened the way it did and everything was shut down and things were, came out when they were supposed to and blah, blah, blah. Now, maybe not with 2021, but come 2022 when we have... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, let's say 10 liberally TV shows and movies, conservatively rather, 10 TV shows and movies coming out in one year from one like property. Disney Plus is going to do fine because they're only releasing one episode of all these shows every week. And so people are going to have Disney Plus to watch one show at a time. It's the same with Mandalorian. I only have Disney Plus because of the Mandalorian. Not because of anything else. Everything else I could watch on Netflix because we live in Canada and that's awesome. But I think that if they don't, if it's not flooding the market, then something's going to suffer. Even if it's all good, it's going to be overwhelming, I think, and their movies are going to suffer and then people are going to stop seeing the movies because they're not making as much money because people are getting like, you know, whiplash from all the content, you know, I, I have a topic with for many months down the road or weeks down the road where, cause I, I'm not happy with how DC has handled their movies and TV shows up till this or as of this point, this point, as of recording this, but there's a big fear that the MCU, the, the MCU's best days are behind it. And I think all of the, these 23 announcements Maybe, like, if they cut that in half, I probably wouldn't be saying this. Um, I was I was nodding along as you were as you were saying this because I had the exact same thoughts. Now I I didn't watch the investors conference, um, so I didn't know they had announced twenty three new projects. But even I guess it was two days ago. Well, twenty three um, projects total that yeah. that are that are coming like they announced they wanda wandavision was one yeah. Falcon, things we knew were coming are on there all as well 
like the that like um what's it called like blade or uh thor love and thunder we all knew things like yeah. this were coming but they hadn't been officially announced but i like i i guess it was two days ago when they released you know some of the trailers and um you know they were they, they you know they had mentioned that you know fantastic four the fantastic four were coming mm-hmm. in which was something we also forgot to mention i think in our little yeah. intro there. um but all, and it was the same night that that all the information about the upcoming star wars series had 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 come out and i was already thinking huh, i can't keep up with all this stuff with a full-time job and you know if like th- there's just way too much because as i was saying before um I like the interconnectivity of everything. I like to be able to watch all these different elements and see how they fit together. I can't keep up with 23 different projects. That's just Marvel. I also got to keep up with all the Star Wars projects too. Like inevitably I'm going to have to just say, yeah, forget it. I'm not watching that. Forget it. I'm not watching that. Cause there just, there just won't be time to do everything. So not um, to mention people being jerks and spoiling stuff, but I, I'd like to get yeah, offer yeah. a counterpoint to you, Sam. Um, whether the market, the the concept of of flooding, um, I guess platforms with material, and I think I, I I have to ask: Is the framing of the question right? Because we, because I don't think Marvel was putting out movies and TV shows per se. The, I think that's a format they're using, but I think the phases they were presenting created a bigger story and this was i think this was the ultimate reason marvel movies are a separate genre um or separate superhero genre is because of the connectivity they have but i think what they were doing was telling these big stories over several things so the first story was the avengers the second story was uh civil war the third story was the infinity war and those were these big overarching stories that they were, they were telling. I think what we're seeing now is new stories being told over multiple, through multiple shows and multiple platforms and things like that. So do you, think the mar- do you think the market is being flooded or do you think these stories are getting too big? Um, I do think the stories are getting, I don't, so maybe the market being flooded. I think the market is being flooded by things being filled flood is a somewhat has a negative connotation there's a lot of stuff so two things i want to go up against on both of you first of all matt i don't think that that's not what i'm i think ones with full-time jobs would be difficult but 23 things through to the end of 2022 so that's yeah that's 11 that's 20 that's 12 things a year so that's one episode of tv every week plus a movie every two months. I don't think that's too much because I don't think any of these TV shows are being released congruently on Disney Plus and none of them are being released like Netflix. They're not all being released. All episodes aren't being released at once. If that was the case, Disney Plus's profit margins would plummet. That's the whole point of Disney Plus. They're releasing one episode a week, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to push back on Kai because with, with what you're saying with are they flooding or are the stories just getting too big? I think it's both because you're going to have to keep upping the ante until you finally decide to, you know, end it, you know, to have a, a conclusion. And then like, say we're going to be focusing on little things. And then in 18 months, we're going to release 
uh, our first movie of the new of phase one of the next MCU, which is going to be uh, a new take on the origin story of a Cap or an Iron Man. So you're worried that they are going to do what the comics have already done, or what's already happened in the comic books? Crossover fatigue. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, they're, they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna just keep. It's gonna be event fatigue. They're gonna just keep having to like up the ante every time, and it's gonna create whiplash. I don't think it's going to be impossible to watch all of these, Matt, because if you're releasing one episode of TV a week, I don't think that's untenable. Well, I, guess I was thinking because you have so many things that you're releasing within this short period of time that there's going to come a time where now I've got like three different Star Wars shows I got to watch in a week, as well as like three different Marvel shows I got to yeah. watch. Well, I don't, I don't think I'm anything. ever going to keep up with that. And I don't like think I, people are going to spoil it. And by the I time I get around to it, and then... Until, like, tech... Until, like, filmmaking technology and catches up to the point where you can make, like... I don't know. If you could make a show like The Mandalorian and release 13 episodes of it of similar quality four times... Or or of similar shows, like, four times a year. Like, if like with Netflix, they will, you'll in in one year, in a peak year, you'll get like a show like The Witcher, a show like uh, Luke Cage, a show like um, uh, The Babysitter's Club, and then, you know, another one, all in the same year, all with packed 13 episode seasons. And with Disney Plus, or with the, these Marvel things, we're having to get, like, I'm going to have Disney Plus, I'm going to sink 10 bucks or 12 bucks or however much it costs every month into Disney Plus to watch one episode of TV a week. I only open Disney Plus now. I, I binge watched the MCU a little while ago, but nowadays I only open Disney Plus when I, when the Mandalorian comes out and that's their profit margin. And that's, and I'm going to, I am almost to a point where, you know what, I'm going to wait two months or three months and then I'll watch the Mandalorian when it's all out and I'll just binge watch this, this season. Like, Screw all the waiting or all that shit. You know what? When it's all out, I'll watch it. That's what people would do with Game of Thrones. When Game of Thrones was coming out, people would, and I was in the community. I still am. I watched those movies. I love the books or TV shows. Sorry. I have something to say about the final season, but I won't get into that right here and now. People, so many people would not watch it. Many people with uh, network TV shows recently, like The Big Bang Theory, would not watch the season as it came out. They'd buy it on Blu-ray because it's because it, buying them on Blu-ray costs less than having a TV subscription. I get that, but I don't really like. I never really liked binging everything in one go. I like to at least spread it out a bit because if you binge it all in one show, then there's no time. I like that kind of. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Kind of like analyzing. No, I do too. I do too. But the financials, the, the the the, it's not a sustainable model. If I when 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 I've had like full when I've had a packed week, no one's had a packed week in eight months in Canada. <laughs> but when you I would have a packed week, no, a, a full <laughs> week, like a guy. I'm talking own. like packed to the brim. Like I go to, I wake up, I go to school, I come home, I eat lunch, I go to work, I have activities on the weekends with my buddies. Not two of those things are not happening anymore. And when I would have a packed week, I could not do appointment viewing. When like I was following the Arrowverse TV shows, I'd watch, I wouldn't watch The Flash on Tuesday, uh, what's it called? Arrow on Wednesday, Legends mm -hmm. on Thursday. 
I would, I would wait. And then on Friday morning, uh, before work at like four or five, I'd watch everything I could. And then I go to work. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, I don't think, I think that they're going to be at the point where they're doing that. And I don't think that's sustainable. And that's why I think it's flooding the market mm. because they're putting out all this stuff. When you uh, like, I'm a person who is a, I am a, I would not consider myself a comic nerd. I would consider myself a fan of comic books. I think Moon Knight is pretty niche. Yeah. I think Moon Knight's kind of niche. I think Ironheart's kind of niche. I think uh, She-Hulk is niche. I think the Eternals are niche. I think Shang-Chi is niche. I think uh, they wouldn't be doing a Loki TV show if Tom Hiddleston wasn't popular as he is. That's not an indictment of Tom Hiddleston or the fact they're, you know, looking at what people like and what people, what they, what was popular yeah. out of all their movies. But all these niches but, create a much bigger storyline. Like Secret Invasion, they're making a Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion kind of sucked. Agreed. You know, people who are going to be watching it probably don't. People who have a Z Plus who go to the movies, whatever, who only know the Mar Marvel through the MCU are going to watch it and they're going to make money off of it. But, and I'm not saying you need the dedicated fan base to comic book people, whatever, to watch your shit for you, for you to be successful, for you to be good. Not saying any of that. What I am saying is, you're putting in some niche. Why are they? Why are they doing? Why are they putting money into an animated I Am Groot TV show and a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Why? Absolutely, why? Who? I give no shits about an I Am Groot TV show. I think it's going to be entertaining. I'm going to watch it, whatever. But like, I wasn't like, oh, I wasn't like at the edge of my sheet watching this like live stream of. The 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 like uh, Feige's uh, presentation edge of my seat being like oh yeah I want to see that Guards the Galaxy holiday special but there or, are like, some I people who do yeah but I'm sorry but all of those people a, a dedicated comic book nerd I'm doing air quotes again that's probably what 15 20 percent of people who watch movies Dude, maybe twenty five different demographics on uh, there are different demographics on Disney Plus but in your own words. These people aren't focused on demographics and all this shit. They're focused on money. Well, I was also, yeah. I, was, I was thinking specifically in terms of secret invasion. I mean, that's assuming that their secret invasion really has that much in common with the actual limited comics here. I don't I mean, their point. Infinity War was an infinity gauntlet. So, like, you know, who knows? It could actually be pretty good depending on what yeah. kind of change. I think it's, I think they're going to be, I think, I think the fucking of themselves will not be apparent. I think come 2023 or 2024, when their when their movies aren't making, when a movie, when these movies start making on average, like south of a billion dollars, that's when they're going to be like, they're going to like, not just pull, pull their, like relax on the gas. They're going to slam on the brakes and we're going to get two, one, oh, or yeah. two, one or two a year. Mm -hmm. Look what happened. And, and, and I look at this list and I'm so happy about some of these. I think like Canadians being cast is awesome. I think Armor Wars is cool. I think some of these are gonna rock. But like we don't need we don't need more Fantastic Four. We just don't. And why there isn't a single anything X Men or M or like Fox movie related on this list yet. They didn't even they only name dropped Spider Man three. It wasn't even in the the is wasn't even in it. And Black Widow's done, and it was on the list. And the and it's it. Ugh. I just I, I think they're fucking themselves, and I think that we're like people who want to watch these movies but care more. Every person who watches movies cares more about it being good than there being a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that I just that's going to matter. I think 
we I think people who don't even watch are gonna notice. It's gonna fuck them that they can't have gore because Daredevil is always gonna be a better show than whatever they put it on Disney Plus because it has gore. Because Daredevil needs gore and blood and punches and beatings by. Uh, we'll see which Daredevil Fitz. we get on the She-Hulk show. Charlie Cox me, is coming back as Daredevil. They have said that. For me, I just find it overwhelming. And this was kind of what I was saying, you know, uh, in, in my first point. Like, if you've got other things going on, I don't need a million shows that I need to try and watch. Just give me a few solid good ones. And that's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think any of this is us saying, this is the last thing I'll say. I don't think any of this is us saying, Oh, you're giving us too much. We think we know it's gonna suck. I just think it's it's. I just think it's an inevitability that something begins to that people stop watching because it's too much. Not that not ever that it gets bad. It's clear that they can make good movies and TV shows. Yeah. No, it could all be great. I just it's just it's just overwhelming. It's it's too much. I don't think they need to. Uh, I, I think you just got to come up with, a, with each phase like they were doing before. You come up with, you know, a, a, a limited kind of overarching story, some specific characters that you need to look at and uh, you don't need to go quite as broad, but whatever. I mean, I, I guess, you know, in some ways more is better because um, just, just in the sense that there's more to choose from, but you know, I don't need a, a million choices. More is better, but less is more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. That- Perfect way to putting it. Yes. Okay. When we'll come, when we come back, uh, time will get into his topic. But one thing about these announcements that I do got to say I'm I'm pleased with is they are not uh, they are not recasting uh, T'Challa. They are forwarding. They are going forward in the story, in the narrative, uh, and allowing Chadwick Boseman to be the. Uh, to, to stay, I guess, in a way, Black Panther by giving the mantle to the next person, which controversially, controversially enough is Shuri. It's, it's going to be interesting to see her play, um, to play Black Panther, and that's going to be a very fascinating change for Wakanda and for viewers. And it's going to make so many nerds angry that I'm so down for that. So I think that... I was when we this is one of the things we discussed as a as a topic early on when we were playing the podcast. And I was going to take the stance of no, definitely Tatala should be recast. It rep- it'll be indicative of that it that the mantle can be passed on. The Chadwick Boseman was such more iconic than the last time they recast an actor. It's happened twice before though. So it it there it wouldn't be out of left field for them to do that. With that being said, though, I have I've shifted, not because of whatever Kimes and I have talked about, but based on how Kevin Feige handled it in the announcement, which is basically uh, Ryan Coogler is hard at work working on Black Panther 2. He's going to write and direct it again. Uh, but basically, he was phrased, framing it as, we're going to be focusing on everything around Black Panther that was introduced in the first movie. Now, I don't take that to mean immediately that the sequel is going to be a Black Panther movie starring Letitia Wright as Shuri as the new Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is completely wrong of them to do. I think that it is an inevitability that Shuri becomes Black Panther. I think as of right now in the comics, she is. Yep. Um, The character of Shuri is so complex that she has... Being Black Panther, 
she has been like the queen of the undead. Um, I think it would be interesting to see how they sort of address because they will probably, since they're not recasting T'Challa, they'll probably have T'Challa die in some capacity. And yeah. there's probably enough B-roll for them to, from like the last couple of movies he's been in, from the movies he's been in as T'Challa. He's been in four films as T'Challa. So that'll definitely be possible. It'll just be anyone's guess as to what are those stories they tell about. And, you know, I think it's going to be something along the lines of like in uh, Endgame, they, there was like, uh, there was like a, what's it called? A seismic shift in the Atlantic ocean. And then um, Denai Guerrero's character basically said, I can't remember the char- the act, the character's name. She basically says we handle it by not handling it. And that was like, for sure a namor plug i'm not a huge yeah. namor fan i think he's a fascinating character i don't know a lot about him but i think like basically very much having it like ensemble wakandans versus namor would be very cool and i think like that'd be interesting to see namor brought think... in in a black panther story as opposed to a fantastic four story well yeah because i think that in, in the, the the comics established that the that Namor's Atlantis and Wakanda do have like uh, they are they do butt heads. You know, I was always of the mind that they, they, it would be hard to, to 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 recast him. I didn't really think it was a great idea. I think Kevin Feige kind of summed it up when he's like, "It was such an iconic performance mm-hmm. um, that you can't really." I mean, I suppose at some point all of these characters are going to be recast. Not you know that that, that that's inevitable, but that's that that's far down the line when you're yeah. kind of telling a new story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it does make sense to recast. And there's so much other stuff they can draw on for Black Panther too. That yeah. um, There's like a, yeah. there's, there, it's the, the arc of the comics. It's probably one of my f- all-time favorite arcs of any comic book of all time, of any an arc of a long-running series. And it was Ta-Nehisi Coates' A Nation Under Our Feet, Black Panther comic. I can never find a reprint of that. I'll, 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 you know what? I'll send you my my copies of the the run because I have I have the physical copies. I'll send I'll mail them oh, to okay, you. Okay, cool. Thank you. And, <laughs> but um, it really yeah essentially gets into that the the Wakandans there they have a there are a number of other fictitious nations located around them. Yeah, and one of them is their closest rival. It's and is a former province. Oh. in the as of that comic, I could see. A Wakanda, mo- a Wakanda movie, a Black Panther two movie, being essentially isolated to Wakanda because the Black Panther movie they spend time in Seoul, they spend time in the United States, in London, just for like all the connecting, the interconnected pieces, and Oakland, um, and the ending, and then that one part in the beginning with Sterling K. Brown, and I think doing something along those lines where they keep it in Wakanda. And they keep it very political because in a nation under our feet, essentially it's that Wakanda is practically a utopia, mm-hmm. but it does still have certain problems. And there's like this this like professor who is a politics professor, but then he a political science professor at uh, the university in Wakanda, at a university in Wakanda, and he is sort of in a position where he is invited into this like revolutionary group who wants to overthrow the throne, like the the monarchy in Wakanda. 
And he's in a place where, and it sort of follows him a little bit as he sort of tries to decide, I can join and I sacrifice everything I believe in because he was like a very personal friend to T'Chaka and uh, T'Challa's mother and Shuri. And he sort of was like their tutor, T'Challa and Shuri. And he's like, do I, how, do, how does he reconcile that? Um, and ultimately the comic book run ends with a certain ending. I won't spoil it. Um, but I think getting into something very like much more intimate would be benefit because they had all these really great phenomenal actors. Like you didn't cast unknown people to play ca the characters in black Panther. They cast known actors mm -hmm. and they only killed off one of, they only killed off, uh, 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 Michael B. Jordan. So we make it out alive. No, they killed him off, which is ugh, bullshit. I have a whole other thing about why Marvel keeps killing all their best villains. So wait, no, no, no. You, no. You I said Forrest Whitaker. Did he make it out alive? Yeah, he did. I believe he did. So do you see Shuri becoming the new Black Panther by the end of the movie, or do you think they hold off on that? I, I think it would be... I think that would be a good way to go because it would... You could literally see the end of the movie, Shuri... Uh, you know, stepping into the new or meeting up with the new Avengers to take her seat at the at the table, like the Justice League table. I'm sure there's going to be an Avengers table, and maybe Riri sits down next to her, and they're building up to a new Avengers with Falcon and Miss Marvel. I and think they're going to do all of that. So I think Shuri sitting at the table would be a great way to end it up. I think Ironheart's going to be in the Young Avengers. I think she's too young to be an Avenger. Who knows? Maybe this version of Black Panther might make it into the Young Avengers as well. Yeah, no, but Letitia right? Let Shuri isn't like a teenager. That's true. She is smarter than all of them put together. So probably, wait, is she smarter than uh, Riri? She's, not, smart. she's probably not smarter than Riri Williams. Okay, so she's not that level of genius. Yeah. Okay. Like she's also like a princess, and Riri Williams. You get like I like I like with her character in the Ironheart comics and in that run of, of um, Invincible Iron Man, how she was, she's like almost got like a Peter Parker-esque like gorilla uh, science. Oh, okay. okay. Which I really like about Riri Williams. Um, well, yeah. In that case, uh, she would be, I, I'd like to see her, you know, um, I'd like to see one of the Avengers welcoming her in. And, uh, you know, your seat's right there. She sits down and she's at this table with the Avengers. That would be a great way to end the movie. So with her as Black Panther then, Illuminati. I, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that properly. Illuminati. Oh, Illuminati. <sighs> Tell me, Black. Oh, the Black. I, I, I'm telling you, Black Panther, uh, Shuri, Doctor Strange, uh, whoever they bring in to be Professor X, Namor, uh, Namor, Reed Richards, and then Reed Richards. He's coming soon. I think, like, yeah. And do you think throw on? Okay, then I think throw on like. Throw on someone like Hank Pym or uh, Professor Hulk, like Bruce Banner, to be in it. Yeah. Um, I Here's the thing, though, man. I I could only imagine I, – I, we can all only imagine the performances that we could have had with Bozeman, um, you know, pairing off against Stark and Cap and Cumberbutton. Uh, whatever his name is, um, Cumberbatch. Wow, uh, Snoodleboot Cumberboobin, uh, Cumber Snoot Booble Snoot. 
uh, that, that, you know, um, I would have been, it would have been great to see him in those roles or in those, those moments, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pity we get to miss out on it, but it's, uh, it would be cool if his ghost showed up, but obviously that's not an option. Probably not. My only, my only, my only problem with not recasting him is that I, I'm, I know there, it's not uh, like a feeling or even knowing, but it's, it was obvious that T'Challa's story wasn't or isn't, wasn't over, but now it's over. Yeah. Because they're not recasting. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing is they're not recasting him for, for this iteration of the character, which, which I, I agree with. Maybe but like I said, eventually, like, well, his last appearance, his last appearance as T'Challa will be because he is playing the what if version of, well, right. T'Challa is the what if Star Lord voiced by Chadwick Boseman in his final, in his final right. appearance as Black Panther. Right. Or as T'Challa. I should say. Do you think recasting um, multiple like down the road whenever the MCU gets rebooted or altered through, you know, timeline manipulation or whatever? I mean, down the road, there will be a chance to tell to tell more stories with T'Challa. Yeah. Um, but but n n now isn't the right time. I mean, I, I think if, if they're ever going to recast, it would be after you've already recast like, you know, Tony Stark and all of these other characters and you're going in a completely different direction. But um, but like yeah. that's down the road when they're rebooting the MCU. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a buddy of yeah. mine who is who old a little bit older than me. Been doing co he did comics way longer than I did, and huge huge Batman fan. But his favorite run, or at least one of his favorite runs that he tells me about, is Batman and Robin, where uh, Dick Grayson take over after Bruce Wayne died. Oh, that's a good run. It's a great run. Uh, their banter is amazing. Their the story here was really good. The the dynamic. Oh, the the Grant Morrison. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. He said that the dynamics of the characters had finally changed after like almost eight years, and so he says that's one thing he appreciates about the movie is that the characters can't stay in this age stasis. The actors are obviously getting older. They need to either recast or they're going to have to move the characters forward in the story and somebody else is going to have to take up the mantle so how do you think this this um precedent of not recasting black panther may affect future casting and future re reassignment of roles or i think it's a good sign because it shows that there can be a honestly i think it shows that there is an end in sight agreed no, because at some point people will want, or maybe even now, I I know I do. They will want the story of T'Challa. They will want his arc of a character. You know, there was there was unresolved shit from Black Panther, and he was barely in. He was in Infinity War for a good amount, as as what as Infinity War was the movie that it was. But he was like he had a nod in Endgame. Mm -hmm. You know, he may well have had lines that they cut out and then he had a, a few lines rather when he was like, give it to me when he took the gauntlet um, when they were doing their whole like, yeah, like keep away scene. But well, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's a good sign. I think that, you know, they're not re they're They're letting like Chris Evans and they're not making, or they're not trying to get Chris Evans to play commander Rogers. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, uh, but not enough characters have passed on. Right. We have how many characters have moved on three. Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, 
uh, or actors, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and I guess Chadwick Boseman te- technically Pat, um, have, have, are not re-entering the MCU. Um, or Chris Evans has said he would, he would come back as Commander Rogers if they had the right moment. I fully believe that they should, that they were going to make like a TV show about Cap going through time and space during the Stones back, but then Chris Evans said no. Mm. I kind of feel like that's best left alone. Yeah, but like leave, leave, but like, I, but to go off your question, it's a good sign that they're okay with like leaving shit, li- letting letting things lie. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean that it Black Panther two is not gonna be good because they can't raise. I mean, yes, it's comic books. Anybody can be raised from the dead, but some of these characters are staying dead, dead, which is, or being done, done, which is, I think, a great sign. I mean, Iron Man has come back. In fact, all of these characters have come back from the dead one way or another in the books. And it's simply not, I don't know if it's going to be as clear an option. They might try to do it through multiverse, like, oh, that universe is being destroyed. So, you know, we'll get a new Captain America who just happens to look slightly different. For our next topic, Matt has something a little out of left field, but you well, know, give, give us a breather. Give us a breather from all this Marvel stuff. Well, I mean, you can bring Marvel into this topic as well, but this is a little, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of broad. So it's really, I'm posing the question, how long or how much time should you put into, you know, a show or a movie or a game or a book, or I guess a movie series would be more accurate, or a game or a book before deciding that you don't like it? I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's very tempting, especially, um, you know, when you're first reading reviews about something or when kind of spoilers are leaking. So before you even like seen, you know, seen a new movie or a show or something um, to kind of already form an opinion about it. Um, kind of one way or the other, because, you know, you might be hearing that, oh, you know, this doesn't really sound like kind of the story you were expecting. Um, but, you know, my, my question really deals more with like, is that, and it's not, not, the question isn't really like, is it fair, but it's more, are you doing yourself a disservice by not trying to invest a little bit more time into, in, in, into that story to see if, you can get something out of it. Like um, an example that I go back to is The Last Jedi. When I heard what, you know, about the plot of The Last Jedi and how Luke Skywalker was being portrayed, um, of course, I heard about this before I even watched the movie. Um, I thought, this is terrible. I hate this. They've destroyed Luke Skywalker. I'm never going to watch this movie. I'm kind of like sour on Star Wars now. And for a long time, I, I really kind of went along with that. I didn't watch it. Um, but then uh, it, th- then when it was on Netflix, I, I put it on. And I mean, let me preface this by saying, I never came around fully and thought, this is an amazing movie. This is the portrayal of Luke Skywalker that I was waiting for. No, um, I still have my issues with it. But I was able to appreciate it a lot more by giving it a chance um, and by trying to go, you know, when I finally decided to watch it, I went, I tried to go into it with, with as much of an open mind as I could. And I appreciated Mark Hamill's performance. I appreciated, um, just some of the, the, the style choices, just in, in terms of some of the set design. And I got a lot more out of it than I thought I would. 
And so while, again, it's never going to be at the top of my list, and I think there's other things that could have been done, um, I was glad that I gave it a chance. And I can give, give you know, some other examples of, of kind of some other things where I thought I'm never going to like this, but I gave it a chance and I was able to, you know, get something out of it. So I was just wondering uh, what you guys think about that kind of question and how long you think you should give something or should you give something a chance? Uh, yeah, Kai. Uh, first and foremost, I got to get a, give a shout out to my, to my uh, homies, Jordan and Caitlin, who have a long running podcast about geek culture. And they have something called the rule of three, which means if it comes in installments and they stole it from another uh, podcast or they borrowed the idea from another podcast or a uh, some website and it's a rule of three three installments of the show or three uh, issues of a book uh, or sorry uh, issues of a series of books or uh, like a comic or uh, three chapters of a book or a third of a book it doesn't really apply to movies per se um, but I tend to sort of do I, I tend to disagree with them a lot because there are certain I think it depends on the the medium because I don't think you can apply a, a across the board rule on video games as well as comic books as well as TV shows and within TV shows different genre of TV I think have different things like I just started watching an anime called Black Clover because it is a perfect embodiment of the genre of anime called shonen which is your naruto's your bleach your your dragon ball you know it, they have they they have a certain a one piece is another example they have certain tropes and just it's comfy for me so but the thing is I watched the first five episodes when it originally aired, and I could not stand the main character, his voice, his constant screaming, or, you know, it just felt too played out. But enough people told me they enjoyed it that I gave it a shot. Uh, but for this Black Clover, it wasn't until episode, like, 40-something of me just leaving it on as background noise till it fi finally a moment that, like, clicked with me. And it was that arc that... I was just like, okay, now I'm finally invested in the characters. Some people will say that's an absurdly long amount of time. Other people will say that they're, uh, you need to connect with the characters right away uh, or within the first three episodes or the first episode, the pilot should hook you enough with that, that character connection. So I think that video games are different, but not so different. First thing I will say is, the and I think a lot of the uh, an argument a lot of people have for I don't want to watch this because I know I won't like it is if you know you know if you know you won't like it then I'm not gonna watch it so I know so I'm not if I know I'm not gonna like it why would I watch it uh, I've see I I am seeing at this very moment that happen which that that like not be the case for from probably the day the first episode aired through to summer like early summer of this year like in the heart of the pandemic um game of thrones my sister was never interested i read the books from when book four came out and then when the show started coming out i started watching it i have to stream i had to like uh like purchase it on apple tv and uh stream it that way and uh because i was where i was growing up i was growing up in the middle east and so much of the show was being cut i didn't know what was happening uh, so I couldn't watch it on TV. 
And my sister never wanted to watch it. Never. I'm never going to like it. It's stupid. It's fantasy. Blah, blah, blah. She's watching it right now. And she's going in raw, blind, white room, never seen it. So I'm seeing her react to every, for, to Ned's death, to the reigns of Castamere, to, uh, to Ygritte's death, to, um, or, you know, uh, to, to, she's going to see Jon Snow's death, uh, or like tomorrow morning when I'm going over there to watch it with her. She has no idea. What's and, and what's, and what's more, but my point being, she didn't know she's loving it. And she's so, and after the reigns of Casper, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to go on. How am I going to watch it? And he's like, I don't know. Then stop watching. She's like, and then I say to her that I say to her, then stop watching. She's like, I can't. Though. And for, then, for the listeners, whole, uh, Sam means the red wedding. I'm assuming. The, the episode is called The Reigns of Castamere. Everyone, if you know what Game of Thrones is, you right. know what I'm talking about. The Red Wedding. About. Um, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones by now, then what are you saying? What are you doing with your life? But but now, but like then she texts me like the following afternoon, and she's like, "Yes, Joffrey's dead," because she got to season four, and this all became worth it. So I think with that, with with like a TV show or a movie uh, series, or even a movie, a standalone film. You know, like I'm I was so against watching this movie called Gone Baby Gone because I knew it was about like child murder and like pedophilia. And then I watched it and it's a fucked up movie, but it's a good movie, mm. you know, and. But with video games, and this is my main like gripe with the idea of this topic, video games are so different. A movie or a TV show, a TV show is a streaming service or an hour of your time every week or. Uh, a movie is like 10, 15, 20 bucks at the movie theater. And if you don't like it, it's not that hard to get a refund on your ticket, you know, or you you walk out, you get a refund or you get to move to a different time or whatever. You get an exchange for a different movie. Video game, you're investing nowadays 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 bucks, you know, and you may very well know you're not going to like it. Perfect example for me, first from like a personal experience was, the Last of Us Part Two. I bought The Last of Us Part One. The Last of Us, the first discussion called The Last of Us. I got it day one of launch at launch uh, for my PS3. It was like the third game I bought for my PS3 after Uncharted Three and the Sly Trilogy. Uh, shout out Sly Trilogy. Shout out Sucker Punch. Uh, you make awesome games. And I watched. I loved The Last of Us. I played it. it gave me terrible anxiety. It made me scared to go around corners. But it was a good fucking video game. And with The Last of Us Part Two, when the news came out of like what happens in the video game with uh, Joel being beaten to death by one of the characters, and then you play as that character for like a good portion of the game, I was for me that I, that came out, and I I found out it was legit because I give no fucks about spoilers. I'm not, I'm still gonna play something, but that wasn't what made me decide to not play it. The reason I didn't play it was because it basically like makes you feel like shit for doing what the game forces you to do. And I don't play video games to feel like an asshole. I don't play video games to feel like shit. So that's why I didn't play it. You know, I think the story, I think the decision to do what they do in that game with Abby beating Joel's head with a base with a golf club, I think it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense for those characters. Fuck the haters. Uh, and also I love all the voice actors um in it. because uh, they're on my my favorite D D show of all time. And but something like that, I knew I'm not going to like it. I know I'm not going to enjoy it. Maybe I will at some point, so I may buy it at some point. But for now, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to play it. But with investment, if we keep it in a percentage thing, 
10%. If you if you think you're not going to like it after 10%, if it's the Star Wars 9, if, the, if it's the 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 novology of the, the the Skywalker saga that I'm watching in chronological, not, not chronological order, if I'm watching them in release order, fully aware that the, the prequels are prequels, if you don't know by like the middle of Empire, right? Like turning it off halfway through the new for through a new hope, I'd kind of get new hope doesn't hold up. If I turn it off like halfway through Empire, which is like my second favorite film, I don't understand. If you're watching them in chronological order and you can't get through the prequels, which are raw popcorn movies made with 21st century CGI and VFX or VFX and special effects, and you still can't watch them, then you're not going to like the others that are of if you're the sequels, which are of higher VFX quality, but mm, the story is much less compelling or the prequels, which are decent ass, good ass story, rather not decent, really good. But like, you really need to be invested. It needs to be like realistic looking CGI and VFX and you're not going to like it. And I think that's how, you know, I think, you know, that you would know very early whether you're not like something. So if time, maybe you followed your instincts, you didn't wait, you didn't vest 40 episodes of your time into a show you didn't look, you just watched 40 episodes of a show you didn't like. That's my big gripe with anime. Oh, it gets good here. Oh, here's you can cut out the filler or this or that or the other thing. Like, why, like you send me a guide for watching the first Naruto series. You need a guide? And, oh, yeah, I need a guide to watch it because there's so much filler. Oh, watch the watch episodes one through 27, skip episodes yeah. 28 through 30, and then watch episode 31 through 47. And I'm like, then what's the fill? Then it's all filler or none of it is. Because if no. I, it's like with my, it's my problem with like guides for like, D, like DS9 or Enterprise as well from Star Trek. When you tell me to cut like one or two episodes a season, I'm going to watch them because it's only one or two episodes yeah. out of 20 episode seasons. Same thing with it. If only four of the 45 episodes a season are filler, I'm going to watch them. Uh, I was going to say, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I was going to say, I yeah, I would agree video games are different, but I was thinking more like, if you buy a game, because I've bought games, which I which sounded pretty good and you know, interesting gameplay. So, you know, I picked it up and maybe in a couple of hours I've gone by and I've been like, I'm not really I'm not really feeling this game. Like I'm thinking Breath of the Wild mainly. I bought that game because everybody said it was amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. Um, but I really for the first little bit, I just couldn't get into it. I just didn't really like it. Uh, and then, you know, because of covid and all this free time. I decided to go back and play it and you know eventually i got really into it so i mean it's a little different in that yeah i mean if you if you read reviews and there's a lot of technical issues or there, there's something that you know, definitely doesn't sound appealing then yeah I, I get not getting it but sometimes i'm thinking you pick up a game uh and it doesn't speak to you at first but after a while you you know you you, you get enjoyment out of it um and i was thinking yeah it does vary genre by genre like if you know you hate fantasy, then, you know, you might be less inclined to give something a chance than if, you know, it, it's in, it's in a genre that you, or, or a I series. Do find you fantasy to, really hard love. to get into because, um, because of the world building. Uh, I find the world building so tedious in a lot of fantasy stories. There are very few that can uh, show, not tell really well. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. So I agree with you that I don't need exposition in my books, in my books, in my TV shows, in my movies. You know, I'm rereading the Rangers Apprentice book series by John Flanagan. But like my main gripe with the books when I'm reading them 
is it's not just like throwing back to a, the, the, the first book. I'm on the second book now. It's bringing, it's giving me full on exposition. I don't need to be, I don't need to be talked to like I'm an idiot by the author. And I see what you're saying with that, Matt, with that kind. My gripe with that is because I know you and you say fantasy storytelling can get tedious. You like anime. Anime is the most tedious repetitive shit I that agree. I've ever watched on But anime, anime is so different like like the kind of like the, what we're talking about with filler that's that's different kind of anime than something that follows the manga very closely like let's say Attack on Titan like yeah because you know Naruto Dragon Ball Z they're 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 making that even well you know the next arc of the manga is being written so they're the the, the production company the um, they're coming up with their own stories. And that's why often those are episodes that can be skipped. So anime is so broad that, yeah, I, you know, okay. I still like Dragon Ball Z because, I mean, I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. And it's kind of one of those things where if you liked it as a kid, sometimes you can like, <laughs> even when you get older and you know, eh, maybe this isn't as great as I once thought it was, like you can still kind of look past it. Again, I think this comes back to... Um... Well, at least, uh, you know what, I'm going to say it this way. I still don't think that there's been an argument against uh, me positing that it really depends on the genre and the medium. Uh, I think it, and of course, there's a personal element to it, because some people, they get bored in five minutes, I think they're just going to switch the channel to something crappy. Um, but, uh, like, I and I hear that some video games, you need, like, 20 hours to, like, sort of get into the main story or some ridiculous number like that. Like I hear the final fantasy games are ridiculous when it comes to how much training you need to do or how much practicing and learning how to do your moves and whatnot. So I hear that that's even getting stretched in less video so, games, but you so guys are I the experts that, on the video. I think games. That one of the, so, but with, so if with medium and such, I do agree that it can really depend, you know, I, someone may be very ready to like, I'm going to sit, I have a Disney plus subscription. I'm going to sit and watch every MCU movie in order um, because I want to, because they're movies and they're films. And maybe I've seen snippets of one or two in the past and never watched all the way through. That is very different from just because you like those characters from basically like deciding I'm going to like choose a moment like I'm going to read all of the ultimate comics, the ultimate universe. Right. And I did, I'm, I'm doing that at the moment and it's hard because you can't mm -hmm. find most of these comics in like trade. I'm not about to start forking over, but like, even if it's like more than if, even if it's like 10 or five or 10 bucks, I'm not going to fork over that for a comic that came out 19 years ago. I'm not going to do that. But when it, it's not, it's, it's different. The mediums do matter. You are correct. But sometimes good is good. And it's obvious game of Thrones regard whatever your gripes with the stories of the first the 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 manner in which they laid out the final season game of thrones is Agreed. all good all of it good same thing with like like a video game that came out a video game that's new for me for the past 18 months and i'm replaying it again right now is the, the spider-man for ps4 that is a game that drops you into spider-man story and you feel like you're spider-man and it's the it is the perfect mesh of everything, and it's only twenty hours of gameplay, mm -hmm. which I don't think is a lot for for like a game, an open sandbox game like that. But then you have a game like The Witcher. For me, it took me till my third try to actually get into the game. I owned the game; it sat on my shelf for three years before I actually played it, like before I got to like the the end of the first major arc, right? 
like my third try, a game like The Witcher. And now I've replayed it like four times mm -hmm. to completion. Sometimes it takes for you to get ready for you to become invested. You know, you need to be in the right headspace. Some people don't watch Game of Thrones. Some people do. Some people uh, only what just because they love the show doesn't mean they're going to read the books. Matt, I, I got to ask you. I got to ask you, Matt. Okay, so let me cut you off. What's something okay. that you didn't, uh, what's, sorry, sure. what's something that um, you did give a chance watching? Like you gave that, you gave the example of Breath of the Wild, but what's a show that you needed more episodes to, uh, to get into? Yeah. Uh, so I can give you an example of one that I did get into and then one that I didn't. And they're both Star Trek. Um, Star Trek Discovery. I knew going into it that, you know, there were a, a, there, there were a number of, of, of people um, that didn't really like it. And I think we've we've discussed last week on our optimism in Star Trek um, what some of those reasons might be. But I was like, well, I don't know if I, you know, you know, I've, I've got time. I'd like to actually check it out and see for myself. And so I went into it really wanting to like it. And I went through two seasons. I missed the I skipped an episode here and there. Um, and, you know, I, I like some of the characters. I just couldn't really get into it. And I realized that after two seasons and I started season three that, you know, I had, well, I had seen enough episodes and come away from enough episodes feeling kind of mm. not really satisfied um, with watched that I was finally like, yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. this, this show isn't for me. But with Picard, I watched the first couple of episodes, and again, because of some of the, uh, you know, the the negativity and the swearing, which is another topic. I don't know. I don't really feel like swearing belongs in Star Trek, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, I wasn't really into, but I went back uh, over the break to finish watching it, and I really got into it. Uh, so those are both shows that I gave, you know, I, I watched a number of episodes of, and in the first example, I just realized, hey, I don't ever have a good feeling when I walk away from watching this show. What was the second? Sorry, what was the second show? Picard. Whereas, okay, like, even though there were yeah. things they didn't like, I mean, it's not okay. Patrick Stewart. He's awesome, so yeah. he can sell anything. Okay. Um, but my, my, what I was going to say is maybe, and I think this is going to probably going to become a theme with me, where I pose a question and at the end of it, I kind of think about re how to reframe the question and i'm thinking like perhaps it was wrong to frame it as like how long should you invest in something and frame it more like do you think especially if it's in a series or a genre that you like that you should give something that you should invest some time and try and give something a chance aside from how long specifically should you put it in i i say yes because if it's something completely new you lose nothing by not getting into it you know, by by allowing yourself to sort of be absorbed by the amorphous blob that is a fandom right like i tried to get into supernatural a couple of times i think like three or four times over the past like 10 years i've made it to like season four or five and every time i just sort of fall off in boredom because it's so repetitive and i hear like oh by like season seven it gets or like season seven is the last good season i'm like it gets it was good at some point that's not a dig at supernatural well it is i guess by season seven it starts getting bad so like for me when i when i think about but when i think about getting into something new when i got fell into star trek i fell in head first 
and I'm in it now. And I'm a, I could call I call myself a Trekkie proudly and probably like Star Trek more than like Star Wars, even though I probably am immersed. There is more Star Wars in my life day to day because of you guys and our Star Wars, the Star Wars RPG we run. Shout out Fantasy Flight Games, make more RPG books for Star Wars. If you'd like uh, to hear us document the uh, gameplay of our... <laughs> yeah, if we're in episode one of our campaign, of our long-running campaign, um, 25, 26 sessions in. Yeah. Um, but, like, if, if, it's something, if it's something old, I'm trying to think of a fandom that I'm in that is releasing something new sometime soon. And it's probably the Marvel stuff. Like as we discussed in our, in our chit chat, I'm going to watch every mm -hmm. one of these things. That's not up for debate and because, but, but, and if, even if I think, I think parts of I think legs of WandaVision are going to be boring as fuck. I don't need to see an, I love you, Lucy adaptation starring Paul Bettany and uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. You know, they could have just made house of M. And be done with it. Instead, yeah. you got to go through all this rigmarole. You think Wanda's going to bring in the, the mutants with her powers? Oh, yeah. There's going to be like some shit where, yes, my father's name. It was, his name was Eric. Eric Lencher. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, it, when it comes to, if I, it, or some, what's something I love? Mm. What's something I love is Game of Thrones. You know, and I watched, I, I, I gritted my teeth okay. through the final season. And I'm still one of those people who posts on like the internet or tweets it or comments on a Facebook post of George R. R. Martin. And I'm like, hey, dude, when's the next book coming out? <laughs> or, do you or even nicely, like, hey, how's your progress on the next book coming? But like, you, I'm still going to read it day one. I'm still going to do whatever I can to read it. But I still don't think it's coming. Do you think you would have missed out if you had like, not watched the final season of Game of Thrones, kind of listened to what a lot of people were saying that it just it wasn't that great. But if you did, and if you had just said, no, forget it, I'm not going to watch it, do you think you would have missed out by not giving it a chance? Would I have missed out? Yes, because it, it regardless, something like that is in the zeitgeist mm -hmm. of pop culture. If you're not, if you did, I'm sorry, if it's not Lord of the Rings is not the Wheel of Time. If you haven't lost the Wheel of Time, you don't lose anything. If you haven't watched Lord of, no, I shouldn't say Lord of the Rings, that's a bad example. Because some people haven't watched Lord of the Rings or read it. It's not really in the zeitgeist right now anymore. I'll say with Star Wars. If you haven't watched um what's something what's a what's some sci-fi that's really niche? If you haven't watched Don't Babylon dare 5 talk shit about or, Babylon 5. Uh, Firefly or Firefly or even like Battlestar Galactica or a Stargate show, you haven't lost something. If you haven't watched Star Wars or something Star Wars or something Star Trek and you don't have an, at least an opinion, like yeah. I think Darth Maul is cool, then, but like, if you don't even have that, like, you, you've met, you've missed out on something. You should have an awareness of certain things like that. With like, you don't need to have an awareness of Battle 1-5 to make your way through a conversation that eventually made its way to, oh, I just saw the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. I can see that. Right? There's a difference. And I think there's a line with those things. When we have our discussion about what if anime, when did anime hit the mainstream, we'll have that discussion. Because, like, I don't lose anything yet by not having watched yeah. anime in a discussion I have with someone. Unless we're talking about uh, it in a meta sense, when I find the rare gem of a, of a, of a, a self-aware Right. For anyone listening, uh, this is nasty. my personal mission: is to get Sam to watch an anime where. So here's the.
I have a I have a thing that I I would get into at length, but the, the long and sh- the short the short of the long of why I'm not a weeb is because I grew up with a lot of Japanese culture in my house. My parents spent many years in Japan. I was born in Japan, and I was just it. I always came at it from a culture. Do you perspective. know how many and fanboys would cry to most hear that? Anime, not, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but from what I've seen, <laughs> most anime not very good. So. But it, yeah, it depends on what kind of anime you've been exposed to. If the first thing you were shown is Attack on Titan. You might think, "Hey, this this is actually pretty exciting stuff." But if no, I've watched Attack on Titan, and I think it's good. Yeah, but then I watched Sword. Art, I watched Sword Art Online, and it was good right up until like someone's adopted sister slash cousin like fell in love with him, and it wasn't a point of contention that um, they wanted to have sex. Like right there, I was yeah, like, you know what? yeah. Anime is weird right. space. It's a weird, weird space. But like, but just just to summarize what I was just saying, you are you don't lose something. What you I think you need to think about when it comes to investment. If I if I'm going to devote, you're, no one's making the no one makes the decision. Like I'm going to invest all my time into watching something so I can have this conversation. They call them Ronies? or a, a Trekkie or whatever. Or a, <laughs> they are now. I'm sure they they're called Thrones. Oh, I, I <laughs> Uh, a year and a half after the show ended. Cronies? Uh, Cronies. But, um, but you don't, you don't lose yeah. something. You don't lose something for that, right? Like, I can, like, but I could, if I, I said to my sister the day, the first day she watched episode one, I said to her, R plus L equals J. And she didn't know what I was talking about. And she will in a couple seasons when she gets to that point. People listening to this who've watched Game of Thrones will know what I'm talking about. Or who are who mm. are on like the the forums a lot like I was when it was coming. In. So when it comes to investment, like it's about it's really about not just what you like, but what's in the cultural, yeah, and- what's in the mainstream. You know, if everyone's talking about The Witcher, I'm gonna play The Witcher. If if everyone's talking about, um, if everyone's always talking about the MCU and everything, and when I open YouTube to like watch a vlog of a company I like, and everything except my subscriptions. All of my recommends are like breakdowns of what Feige's announcement means. Then I'm probably going to put my time into the MCU mm-hmm. okay. or refresh myself. So I guess to sum up, um, and I, I would say I think there's a lot of truth to it. If it's if it's in the zeitgeist, if it's something that a lot of people are talking about, um, then it behooves you to, um, even if you think you're not going to like it or you, it's hard to get invested in it, to give something like that a chance. I mean, I think you could expand that too if, if you know, I mean, if, um, if, if, if there's a particular genre that you like, I think, because you, you can gain something from it, even if it's not in the zeitgeist, just the emotional journey of... I wholeheartedly agree with you, Matt, because that's the only it. reason I'm watching Black Clover. I'm not even particularly a fan of the art or designs, but the emotional arcs the characters go through are exactly what I'm there for. Like, I was watching, I started watching, just before what Matt says, the one thing I'll say is, I started watching Naruto, 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 however you want to pronounce it, because Kaim said it was good. I trust Kaim's opinion. And I'm not, and Mm. I, I, and I, but I just did not enjoy it. It very well may reach a point where it is very good, where he's not saying, like, in every other, in every second, third, like, sentence. But, 
I can I I can be content that if something big happens that is cool, I can listen to Kime and I will care about what Kime has to say, but ultimately it will not change my opinion that I didn't enjoy what I was watching. But Matt. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll say is it also I think it it also can help you move past some negativity, like the negativity I was talking about I that I felt towards uh, Star Wars and The Last Jedi after just reading about what happened, by actually experiencing it and giving it a chance myself, I was able to move past that negativity mm -hmm. and see some of the more positive aspects of it. And I, that, that's helped, that's helped just, um, that, that, that's allowed me to continue to enjoy Star Wars instead of just being upset about the direction that it's taken. Um, so I think that's another benefit of giving things a chance. Good point.